today for the Christmas special 2021, I'm not sure exactly what all I'm going to do. I have uh, some notes about Christmas trees planned, so we're going to talk about that, and uh, we'll see where we are on the clock. Maybe I'll tell some Christmas stories or something, but uh, I'm just kind of kind of winging it today. So sit back and enjoy Christmas special 2021. Hey everybody, I'm your host Curtis and this is the NC Everything Podcast, a weekly show where I talk about everything that has anything to do with North Carolina. Now this is my end of the year special, I, I think in the intro I, I said Christmas special, It's um, it works both ways, it's my Christmas special, it's my, my end of the year special, the next episode you'll get to hear will be on New Year's Day, so we will officially be in 2022 at that point. So anyway, don't be confused if uh, if you hear end of the year or Christmas special. Now, I wouldn't think that there's too many uh, new listeners here, um, but if the end of the year special is your very first episode of the NC Everything podcast, welcome to the show. And for any of you who are still hanging with me after all this time, um, I'm glad to have you back. Now, I did take some notes on uh, kind of the origin of the Christmas tree. We're going to we're gonna go over that. Um but I really am winging it. I, I couldn't really decide on what I wanted to, to make this episode about. I mean, obviously, some Christmas stuff. Um, but it is the last show of 2021. And, man, it's I don't know which has been the worst year, 2020 or 2021. And I'm not talking politics. I, I leave politics out of this show for the most part, the best I can. Uh, I, I will talk historic politics in this show. But I'm just talking about uh, life in general. Everything is so turned upside down it's hard to to know what to do anymore it seems like but you know motivational posters and and grandparents they'll tell you just to take it one day at a time and as cliche as that sounds that's really all you can do uh you know you wake up every day and just do the best you can and hopefully for for all of you you can find some kind of good that came from all of this um i mean i wish none of this would have happened but hopefully um you know, it, it isn't all bad. Um, as for me, I started a podcast mainly because of the pandemic. I had uh, talked about doing this podcast or, or thought about doing this podcast for probably a year before I actually actually started it. And when the pandemic hit, I told my wife, I said, you know what? Uh, I'm going to get the stuff and I want to really start doing this thing. I got a little bit of extra time and everything's kind of crazy right now anyway. And so here we are. And, uh, you know, of course that was last year, this year I, I took, uh, took some extra money and I bought my, myself a welder. Finally, I've been welding for 20 years, but I bought a, a welder for my own place at, at the house. And so I finally got a little shop going out there. And, um, again, I don't think I would have done that if I, if everything wasn't so upside down, you know, but I'm, I'm happy. I, I got my little setup out there. Hopefully I can start, you know, making a little side money. I, I really want to make a little bit of art, you know. I like being creative, so we'll see where that goes. But that's my two major positives from from all this. But now let's let's talk about some trees. Now I know a Christmas tree seems like a, a weird thing to to try to have a whole podcast over, but for me, when I was a kid, anyway, um, even though I knew how to read a calendar, um, I knew Christmas was getting close. The, the Christmas season really wasn't real until it was time to go pick out a Christmas tree. 
that's when the Christmas season really got kicked off for me, or that's when the excitement really set in. Now I'm, I'm talking about a, a real Christmas tree. Um, we we had a real Christmas tree for many years when I was a kid. Eventually, we we started using an artificial tree, um, but for right now, I will be talking about real trees. And I'll try to put in some of my my own experiences as we go along. But where did this whole Christmas tree thing really get started? Well, the word Christmas obviously has the word Christ, which would indicate uh, Christians. But the actual Christmas tree story starts a long time before Christianity ever became a thing. So a, a really, really, really long time ago, up in the, the northern hemisphere of the world, where it stayed a lot colder, people would decorate evergreen plants around their house to celebrate the winter solstice. And that, of course, is a, a day that marks the shortest day of the year and the, the beginning of winter, essentially. Now, in the Northern Hemisphere, that comes around December 22nd, and the Southern Hemisphere, that's around June 21st. Now, back in the day, the winter solstice, that was kind of celebrated as the, the return of the sun god, because he had been weakened, you know, because of winter. And so they would decorate the evergreens, because the evergreens were, were a reminder that the sun god would return and summer would be here soon. In Egypt, to celebrate this, the Egyptians would fill their homes with uh, green palm leaves, and this was to honor the, the god Ra, and he was the one that had the, the head of a hawk and wore the sun as a crown. Up in the north part of Europe, the Celts, they would uh, decorate their temples with evergreen branches, and this uh, was kind of a sign of everlasting life. And then, even farther up north, they had the Vikings. Now, they thought that the evergreen was the plants of Baldr, and Baldr was the god of light and peace. And now, let's jump over to, to ancient Rome for a minute. The ancient Romans celebrated the winter solstice with a week-long festival called Saturnalia. And this was in honor of the god Saturn. And if you don't know, Saturn was the god of agriculture. And so, they would decorate their homes with branches. Now, like I said, this is a, a week-long celebration that was held between December 17th and December 25th. One thing uh, about this celebration that won't sound too Christmassy was that during this week of Saturnalia, um, there was lawlessness. So no one could be prosecuted for injuring or killing anybody. They could uh, steal. They could rape. I mean, anything goes during this week. And I know that sounds horrible, but... But not everybody was out to, to break the law and do whatever they wanted during Saturnalia. It was also a, a time of, of kindness and generosity. So during Saturnalia, um, a lot of people would uh, make presents and, and give gifts and uh, try to be joyful and try to make everybody else happy. You know, they would sing songs and, and uh, you know, have a merry old time, I guess you could say. Now, this is also where the, the birth of Jesus comes in, and something kind of clever happened. Because in the early days of Christianity, the birth of Jesus was set as the last day of Saturnalia. And this was done by the Christian Romans. Now, today, a lot of, a lot of scholars believe that Jesus was actually born nine months after the last day of uh, Saturnalia. But by setting Jesus' birth as the last day of Saturnalia, what they did was turn Saturnalia from this big old uh, lawless everything goes party into a celebration of the birth of Christ. So it was almost like a, a political ploy to, I guess, get everybody to get everybody to calm down or, you know, take, get rid of the, the negative and, and focus more on the, the good stuff. 
Now, even though a lot of people were decorating their temples and homes with greens and evergreens and palm leaves and all that, the history books give the Germans the, the credit for starting the Christmas tree tradition. In the 1500s, the Germans were decorating the inside of their homes with evergreens. But let me explain why they were doing this. A lot of early Christians considered Adam and Eve to be saints. Now, if you're not a Christian, Adam and Eve, they were considered to be the first people that God created. Um, so some people thought they were saints. And so during this time, they were celebrating Adam and Eve for Christmas, not Jesus. And so on Adam and Eve Day, they would have a, a huge play where they would uh, celebrate Adam and Eve. And they would uh, create the Garden of Eden. And they would decorate it with fruit. But eventually, the clergy, they banned these practices because they considered them to be heathenry. And so naturally, people started celebrating Adam and Eve Day in secret. So instead of having this big play where they would recreate the Garden of Eden and decorate it, they would do it in secret in their houses. And so they would bring in to their homes, they would bring in branches and they would decorate these branches. And they would even call these, these trees paradise trees. Now, to hold these branches together and make them look like a tree, they would make like a, a wooden pyramid and then attach the branches to it. And so you have this, you know, triangle um, with branches attached. And uh, I think you can kind of see where we're, we're heading here. So on the these uh, pyramid-shaped branch bundles, they would, you know, attach candles and light them up. And, and so the tree would have these decorations on it and it would have these lights. And those were essentially the first um, true Christmas trees. Now, secrets never really uh, stay secret forever. So, of course, these Christmas trees, these these pyramid things, they got out. And, and um, I'm not going to speak about anybody in particular, but the church in general, you know, they talked down about this celebration or these kind of traditions. And they tried to ban them. Um, and a lot of people, even violently, try to put it into all this. But it wasn't until the 1800s when Queen Victoria herself celebrated Christmas by giving gifts around a fir tree that everybody was kind of like, okay, I guess this is a thing now. And you know how it goes. It doesn't matter how bad it seems. If the king and queen are doing it, well, then I can do it too. But I can tell you that Queen Victoria was incredibly popular. Everybody loved her. And so after it became known that she was doing this, everybody gladly followed her example. Everybody except for the Americans, that is. Americans in general at that time, they were, um, they weren't, were not very invested in the royal family or what was going on in Europe. However, German and Dutch settlers coming into the United States really shook things up. You see, they, uh, they brought this Christmas tree thing over, over with them when they came. But even then, the Christmas trees are really only found in little pockets of, of immigrants. It, it still wasn't a, a widespread thing. However, some of the more influential Americans started noticing this strange little tradition bought over by these immigrants. And so some of our leaders and our writers and our artists, well, they started um, painting pictures and telling stories about, you know, families gathering around the Christmas tree and, and exchanging presents. And you know how it goes. Well, if this guy's doing this, I should be doing this too. I mean, that's pretty much what happened uh, in, in England when they saw Queen Victoria doing this. Everybody kind of followed suit, you know. So uh, same concept here. If somebody like Clement Moore is writing about uh, Christmas trees, then I should have a Christmas tree too. Now, if you don't know the name Clement Moore, um, he wrote a poem in 1822 called Twas the Night Before Christmas. 
Now, the Christmas tree tradition still didn't spread like wildfire, as they say, but it was spreading. And then, in the mid-1850s, President Franklin Pierce became the first president to have a Christmas tree in the White House. Now, remember what I said about Queen Victoria? Well, now the U.S. president has a Christmas tree. So, now the Christmas tree game is on in the United States. Have any of you ever watched a National Christmas Tree Lighting Ceremony at the White House? Well, that was started in 1923 with President Calvin Coolidge. Now let's fast forward to 2021, or at least modern day, maybe not exactly 2021. But today in the U.S., over 35 million Christmas trees are sold every year. Now worldwide, over 300 million Christmas trees are grown and sold every year. And they say that this still doesn't uh, meet the dem- meet the demand. So every year, there are still people going to try to find a tree, and tree lots are empty, and nobody has any trees. And so they had to resort to going to buy the the artificial trees. And though I'm talking about real trees in this podcast, um, I will say that 10 million artificial trees are sold in the U.S. every year. Now, by now, you might be thinking how North Carolina fits into all this. I mean, I've talked about the origin story of Christmas trees and, and England and Queen Victoria and now the United States. and But where's North Carolina in all this? Well, North Carolina is number two in the United States for Christmas tree sales. But it wasn't always like that. Um, early on, when Christmas tree sales were taking off in the United States, um, most of them were grown in Canada. But let's back up just a little bit. Before Christmas tree sales were actually a thing, and long before Christmas tree farming um, as we know it today, if you wanted to participate in this Christmas tree thing, well, you had to go out in the woods and find your own tree. And most people, when they went out, they would come back with a a cedar or a white pine. I've seen a list of all sorts of spruce and fir trees that people were using um, for Christmas trees. And that's okay. I mean, the, the real tradition is evergreen. It's the, it's the actual evergreen that is the symbol, um, I guess. Um, so it doesn't really matter what evergreen you use. I mentioned earlier that when I was a kid, you know, my dad would take us out in, in the woods around our place and find a tree. And uh, these weren't the Christmas trees you see today. They were definitely, um, I'm 90% sure they were some sort of cedar, but they were really bushy like a Christmas tree. Um, but eventually, um, we didn't cut down all the trees, but eventually it was the, the pickings, you know, got kind of slim. And so it was around that time that we started using a, a, an artificial tree. Anyway, like I said, uh, this Christmas tree thing really took off. And by the 1880s, the demand for these Christmas trees was, was just soaring. And I mean, a man could go out in the woods and cut down a couple pine trees and he could sell them almost immediately. And that's what people were doing. That's kind of how uh, Christmas tree sales really started is just people going out on, on their property and cutting down some evergreen trees and selling them. Eventually, the very first Christmas tree market in the United States was set up. And this was set up by Mike Carr in New York City in 1851. And this guy, Mike Carr, he, he lived up in the Catskills and he would go out and cut down spruce and fir trees and haul them down to New York City and he was selling out every year. By the late 1800s, trees were coming in from New York, Vermont, Maine, New Hampshire, and even Canada. But one thing to note here is that all these trees moving around, these were wild trees. At this point, 
nobody was was growing trees for Christmas. So in comes W.V. McGalliard. McGalliard was one of the first to think that, well, maybe instead of going to the woods and hunting down these trees to sell, we'll just grow the trees ourselves. And so in 1901, in Mercer County, New Jersey, W.V. McGallard planted 25,000 Norway spruce trees, and he's considered to be the first person to plant trees specifically to sell as Christmas trees. Now, as you may guess, these things don't grow in a season. Um, they say it takes about seven years. I think seven years is the, the, the magic number today. And so in 1908, seven years after McGallard planted his uh, 25,000 trees, he began selling them for $1 each. And don't worry, I'm getting on down to North Carolina. It's, it's coming up soon. You see, as most people know, North Carolina is in the South. Well, a lot of these uh, big, beautiful Christmas trees, these traditional-looking Christmas trees, um, they don't like uh, a lot of warm weather and humidity. So in the South, if you want to get away from warm weather and humidity, you got to go up in the hills. Now, um, down in the, the hot parts of the South, you know, out of the hills, people were um, harvesting cedar trees. Like I said about my dad, um, cedar trees were being used as Christmas trees. The problem was, as far as Christmas tree sales go, a lot of these uh, town folks, they, they didn't want to use a cedar tree. They wanted, they wanted the, the, the pretty Christmas tree like they see in the, the pictures, you know, and those weren't being grown down here. And so for a long time, if you wanted to buy a Christmas tree in the South, you were just going to have to buy a red cedar. Well, now this is where the Wagoner twins come in. You see, J. Irvin Wagoner, he lived in Guilford County, and he was already planting loblolly pine trees on his farm to be used as timber. So what he did was, in between the pine trees, he would plant a red cedar. Well, in 1939, his twin sons, John and Fred Wagoner, well, they started selling those red cedars for $1 to $2 each. Well, they kept this up until they had enough money that they could start buying Scotch pine and Canadian balsam trees. And for many years after that, the Scotch pine and the Canadian balsam and the Douglas fir and the red cedar were the only Christmas trees grown in the South. However, there was about to be a new sheriff in town. I know that sounds cliche, but uh, I've always liked that line. Anyway, new sheriff in town, and his name was Fraser Fur. So uh, a summed up history of the Fraser Fur. Um, thousands and thousands of years ago, when the, the ice ages were going on, there was this, this tree that was grown in the, the highest, coldest elevations. And of course, we know that tree today is the Fraser fir. Well, because we had an ice age going on, this tree grew pretty much everywhere. But as the ice age, as the ice age ended and uh, these cold regions started diminishing, uh, diminishing um, so did the, the population for this tree. And so eventually they're only found in the higher elevations up in the mountains. Well, the problem that still remained for these trees was that uh, people didn't have a whole lot of use for them. So they would cut them out of the way to get to, to more useful lumber like oak. Then in the 1900s in North Carolina, logging became a booming industry. And so that problem um, increased exponentially. People were just cutting these Fraser firs out of the way to get to the better trees. Well, then in 1915, Mount Mitchell became a state park, and this pretty much saved the Fraser fir from, from extinction. 
because um, you're not allowed just to go into state park and cut anything you want, and you're not allowed to go in there and clear cut anything, really. But what did happen was park officials, when they would uh, want to put a road around Mount Mitchell, or they did need to clear a little spot of land, um, instead of just trashing these trees or tossing them to the side, they would let people come in and get these trees. And so some of the, the more savvy people, they seen the Fraser fir and they thought that might make a good Christmas tree and Christmas trees are selling pretty big. And so they would harvest these Fraser firs and sell them as Christmas trees. By the 1950s, there was a big demand for Fraser fir as Christmas trees. Now the forestry service, they kind of picked up on this demand too. And so they did something pretty clever. They started letting people come in and either collect uh, Fraser fir pine cones or buy Fraser fir seeds. And so uh, Fraser fir Christmas tree farming was was born that way. But there there wasn't one person who started you know the very first Fraser fir Christmas tree farm. It was um, a bunch of different people kind of started doing it um, all at the same time. Eventually, these people would band together to form the North Carolina Christmas Tree Association. And the very first meeting of the North Carolina Christmas Tree Association uh, was in 1959 in Newland. And like I said, today we are number two in the United States for Christmas tree sales. Now, Fraser Fir makes up 15% of North Carolina's Christmas tree sales. And that's all I have on uh, the history of the Christmas tree. Um, I, I, I do wish I had more. I had a lot of fun researching that. And um, I didn't know there was such an um, interesting history about Christmas trees. Now, as for me, I, um, I use an artificial tree. It makes uh, less of a mess. It's a little easier to set up. And um, there's some allergies and, and uh, skin sensitivities in my house that um, I feel like um, a live tree would probably aggravate some of those but i can tell you it's it's not for lack of wanting growing up when my dad would you know go out and, and get a live tree um and a lot of a lot of you guys who still do this you know it it, it smells the house up and in a good way you know and uh there wasn't nothing like getting home from school and walking in and smelling that christmas tree and then you know um the another benefit of having a, a live tree is after christmas and Maybe on New Year's Eve, maybe a little later in January, well, you're going to burn that tree. And then, you know, if you get several of your friends and neighbors around, you, you can have quite a quite a bonfire for New Year's. But anyway, that's, that's all I really have. Um, I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I know I do this every episode, and maybe I should take a break because it's the holidays. But if you did enjoy the show, go to www.dnceverythingpodcast.com, and there you can listen to all my past episodes. If you've already heard them, um, well, there you can listen to them again. And if you want to be a super fan, you can follow my my Facebook group. Um, all you have to do is search the NC Everything Podcast, and you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Although I admit I hadn't posted on either one of those in a couple weeks, I've uh, I gotten a little lazy. I, I'm I try to do best I can. I'm gonna try to do better um, next year. I'm gonna really try to promote the show a little bit more. I mean, I'm. I'm doing a lot now, but next year I'm going to try to promote a little bit more and see if I can't grow my audience um, some more. So uh, on your end of the, the microphone, the best thing you can do to help the show is subscribe or leave a review, and that kind of boosts my numbers and helps me uh, become easier to find when people search for 
any North Carolina podcast or or podcast on uh, Christmas trees, I guess. Um, another thing you can do to help is tell a friend, tell a family member, um, tell anybody you, you want. You can walk down the street and tell random strangers, although uh, I don't know if I'd recommend that um, right now. Um, you might want to wait on that one. But uh, definitely uh, spread the word, and hopefully next year, this time next year, I can have a, a even bigger audience. Although I am glad to have each and every one of you. If uh, if you guys were the only audience I ever had, I would still be just as happy. Anyway, I hope you guys have a happy and safe Christmas, and a even happier and even safer New Year's. And uh, I know this show, this episode, came out a little early because I didn't want to give y'all an episode on Christmas Day. But my next episode will come out on New Year's Day. That's a that's a Saturday. And so depending on how your, your New Year's Eve went, um, when you wake up on New Year's Day, um, I'll be here waiting for you. Thank you guys for listening and sticking with me this whole time. And keep them suggestions coming. And I'll talk to you next time. The music in this podcast comes from archesaudio.com and freepd.com. <laughs>